0: Welcome back, or welcome to the Single Track Podcast. I'm your host, Finn Melanson, and in this episode, we talk with Tyler Green, a professional trail runner for Nike based in Portland, Oregon, who is lining up for the Western States 100 after a second place performance at last year's event. Before we get started, though, this episode of Single Track is brought to you by Soar Running. Soar Running, that's S O A R Running, are a London based high performance running apparel brand. Why am I excited to partner with Soar? Well, if you're like me, you take pride in your running gear and you want the best. That's why I'm stoked about this brand. They are pushing the running apparel boundaries when it comes to producing gear that we care about, like wet and cold weather layers and racing kits. I'm also excited because they are finally moving into the trail running space. After years in the figurative lab, they have launched a trail specific clothing line that I've had a chance to test. Specifically, their half zip t-shirts, trail race vests and trail shorts all out on multi-hour runs in my backyard of the Wasatch range. This apparel is the real deal. If you want help getting kitted out for your training and racing needs, Soar is offering us an exclusive 20% savings at soarrunning.com. All you gotta do is enter the code singletrack20 at checkout, but act fast. This code is only valid through June and July. I'm stoked, people, and I care about you all. I wouldn't be endorsing something if I didn't believe in it and use it myself, so go check out Soar Running when you get a chance that, let's get on with the show. All right, Tyler Green, welcome to the Single Track Podcast.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Finn.
0: Before we get to Western States, uh, I do want to talk a bit about your background and just other involvements in the Ultra community. And one thing I found interesting prepping for this interview, I was scrolling through your Ultra sign up, and it looks like about five or six years ago, you had a near golden ticket miss at the Gorge Waterfalls 100K. And it's a lot of, um, It's kind of like the butterfly effect, right? Because if Walmsley hadn't had to race his way in, you would have had that experience. So I don't know. I find that stuff kind of fun to talk about. So was was Western a goal at that time? Like talk about, talk about that era of your running.
1: Yeah, it absolutely was. And I think it was, um, I don't know if it was possible for me at that time. I didn't know if it was possible for me at that time, I should say. And the year prior, I was signed up for Gorge Waterfalls as well and was dealing with a stress fracture, you know, um, rookie year mistakes sort of thing uh getting too excited about running um but yeah that was a really it was a really close race too i think at the last aid station i was hearing i was like three minutes behind and um and then i i bonked pretty hard and lost a few minutes there but of course like you know there's always there's there's i can't i can't control that whether Walmsley's going to show up or not it similar right. to, to last year as well. And you can't live in that, live in those what ifs either. Um, yeah, I mean, I gave it my all for, to, to try to make it there. And then the, actually the next year I ended up third place at another golden ticket. So that's right. it was a little bit of a monkey on my back for a little while. And, um, I was really happy to, to punch it through at Bandera the year, the year after that.
0: I love talking ultra running history. So that's, that's all fascinating (laughs) to me. A couple other things you have one of the coolest website names I've ever come across ultra running side hustle. Can you talk about how that name was generated and, uh, yeah, just how it came about.
1: Yeah. Well, my wife is a, uh, a medical student and, um, and medical and, and researcher, and I'm a teacher. And we always kind of looked at, at running as kind of the side thing that we were doing and just trying to, to make it make it work in the midst of our other careers. And, and so it came up to, with this idea of ultra side hustle, but also um, we do some coaching as well. And so the idea of kind of, for the most part, everybody's, everybody's got other stuff they're going on and this ultra thing is, is just on the side, something that we love to do. And so um, keep hustling at it keep going for it. That's where it comes from.
0: Speaking yeah. of your partner, uh, Rachel Drake, I imagine that having a partner who competes also at the highest levels of the sport is pretty awesome. Uh, maybe talk a bit about some of the benefits of that relationship as it applies to your own training and preparation for races like States.
1: Uh, yeah, you know, this, well, my, so my wife's pregnant. Um, she's due uh, at the end of September. Oh, congratulations! And, <laughs> thank you. So we're extremely excited about that, and um, and then also thinking about well, how does um, how does our transition into parenthood affect our running, and and how will we kind of work that all in? Um, you know, last year, Rachel Rachel is my um, number one training partner and can put me on the ropes many times where uh where i get a a big fitness boost from just chasing her up and down mountains um and so that is probably or that's one one major benefit is just having someone who's that strong that i have to deal with on a daily basis um and then that we're able to connect so um so well out in the mountains i mean i feel like that's really where we um where we, we thrive together or one of the places where we thrive together. And, and I just thoroughly enjoy the times when we can go out into adventure, go, go out and do a really good adventure run. Um, so that's like the ultimate benefit is just having such good, positive vibes happening during these adventure runs. And occasionally we fight too, but <laughs> mostly it's all good. Um, and then I will, I'll just say that, so this year, in preparation for Western States, it's been a little bit different because, yeah. um, while Rachel, she's, she's been great for, or she's still running quite a bit. Um, and, and, but it's, it's quite a, it's slowed down a decent amount. And so, um, we go on some nice, easy runs together on occasion, but those bigger training runs, um, I haven't had Rachel with me. And that's, that's been pretty challenging actually. It's a, it's a huge shift. Hmm. And, um, and one of the big, um, I don't want to say disappointments, but just like, uh, it's the thing that I, I love about training is being able to do it with my best friend and partner and not having her there is hasn't, it hasn't quite been the same. Uh, so we're making do. And then on the other side of things is she understands this aspect of racing and, and she talks about like, well, if I'm not racing, then you're racing for the both of us, which I could interpret that with some added pressure, but instead it's it's her kind of bolstering me up and saying um, I'm I get a lot of I got a lot of her good energy to to be able to continue to run well and she takes care of some meals and stuff like that um, to make sure that I'm training well I mean probably more than I realize right now she's taking up um, some different duties around the house and just so that I can kind of prepare fully for, for what's ahead. Mm. Thanks, Rach.
0: <laughs> no, that's, how I, no, I really appreciate it. She's, this, she's downstairs. Sure.
1: Li- she's downstairs listening to all this too. so <laughs> Getting some serious points.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, well, you also, you mentioned that you're a teacher and I think it's fair to say that you're definitely one of the best runners in our sport at this point in time. Um, given that, given that this is a side hustle, do you feel like you have all the tools in your life to perform at the top of the sport, like enough time, enough resources, stuff like that?
1: Uh, yeah, I think that, well, and and this is actually my last year of teaching, so I'm going to be moving on to, to some coaching and other things. Um, so I think that in some ways, um, it has helped me to not train, not overtrain, um, to put certain just restrictions on my enthusiasm for running and, mm. and that that can be a really positive thing um, to have a different life that goes along with the running. Um, and then on the other side of things, Rachel and I both talk about how we feel like we've been able to do a decent amount with um, with not much. And um, and we're excited to kind of make this transition and to put a little bit more of a priority on, on the running to see if that can um, give us an additional boost as well, so.
0: Very cool. Well, I know that one of the biggest things missing in this training block was having your training partner in the mix for a lot of it, but was there anything else you were doing differently this time around in preparation for Western States compared to last year? And maybe just talk about like where your mind's at, where your body's at heading into this race.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I think probably, let me think about this. So mid gorge Gorge waterfalls was the end or the start of april and that was um that was the end of my kind of 50k part of the season Uh, i did three different 50ks and i hadn't done a 50k in probably two years and that was um definitely a change for me um required a little bit more of like an intensity of racing um if that makes sense uh in 100 miler i feel like things kind of unfurl much more slowly whereas in a a a 50k you've got to be in it and on it from the very start um and so that honed my racing skills a little bit as well as as running at an intensity that was primarily really pretty uncomfortable for me um and and that was a really good challenge and then um so I feel like that was a good stimulus um just to to race in a different way and then Took a week off, um, another week, kind of tra- to transition into into Western States training. And I'd say preparation compared to last year was fairly similar. Um, my coach uh, Matt Lay he he says objectively that I'm considerably more fit than last year, which mm. I like to hear that. Um, and but it, but I don't think the training the training blocks were maybe just like slightly more. Um, Slightly more intense isn't the right word, but a little bit higher volume, a little bit more intensity, nothing too extreme. Um, I feel confident in the type of training that I've done in the past and that it doesn't need to be reworked um, or that training needs to somehow be eye popping. Mm. um, Because... It's not just, I'm not just training, it's not just the 10 weeks of, of preparation prior to Western States that are going to get me to the finish line. It's the years prior to that and this much, much longer story, that uh, longer story of training and racing and gaining experience and, and gaining wisdom that uh, is, is going to make me successful on race day.
0: This may not be the case anymore, but I I did listen to a previous interview you've had, and I think you mentioned that you like to change it up in terms of races. You don't always like to come back to races to do it a second or a third time. This is your second time at Western States. You got second last year, which is a dream outcome for most people. I'm curious what motivates you this time around. Is it purely trying to win the race, or is it something else?
1: Yeah, and actually, this is my third time. Third, sorry. 2019. In 2019, 19. I was 14th and um, and made a considerable jump in terms of my finishing time. But I think that it's even even bigger jump when you think about the difference in weather conditions as well. Yep. Um, so, what motivates me? Um, you know, I've I think I think there's there's only one way when you finish second place. There's only one way that you can improve the outcome of your race, and that's to win the race. But there are 100 different ways to improve the the race your race itself and and to and to improve upon the way the way that I race and how I mm. feel about my finish and I think that while I look at it, it certainly like second place was so <laughs> so much of a dream outcome for me I mean last year I was thinking I think maybe I could place 5th and then I started thinking, you know, if you can place fifth, then maybe you can place third. And if you can place third, then then why can't you maybe win it? Who knows? Um, I think that same sort of, um, I bring that same sort of perspective in terms of the outcome of the race. Uh, in terms of the process, I know that there are a number of ways that I can improve improve the quality of the race that I, I put forth next week. Um, and that's that will be my focus. Um, I know where... I know where the minutes are, and where they can be chopped off, and and that's going to be my goal. And I think I don't I don't see why why another jump in terms of finishing time is impossible.
0: Mm, that's exciting. The last question I have for you: Could you give us some insight into the gear that you're using on race day?
1: Um, yeah, we have a really exciting um, shoe that we're working on with Nike that I'm excited to. Um, use once again I actually used it as a prototype uh, last year as well um, which it's it's just a little faster a little snappier um, in a nice crisp white color so uh, and I love wearing white shoes for for racing so I'm excited about those Um, besides that I'll be using um, Pack handhelds are are really a really solid um, way to be able to both keep hydrated as well as keeping myself wet um regularly um and what else i I actually like to do a switch half so that for the first 25 miles all the way up to duncan canyon i'll start with a hydration pack Mm. and i just like kind of not having to worry about having anything in my hands um for that first for that first section so i'll wear my um my osprey duro 1.5 for the first section and then um drop that off with my crew at Duncan Canyon and then, and then switch over to the handhelds and, and that's when heat protocol really starts. Um, so those are the main pieces. Um, yeah, drinking tailwind that always seems to go, go well with my stomach, kind of mixing up the flavors and stuff. Uh, and hopefully not carrying a whole lot of gear. I mean, just keep it light and keep it fast.
0: Awesome. Well, Tyler, I'm super excited to follow your race. We're about a week out here. It's exciting times in our sport. Uh, I'll make yes, sure to yes. link to all of your social profiles in the show notes, your coaching stuff, to anything else you want to leave the audience with before we go.
1: Make sure you tune in to the live broadcast. It's going to be a blast. And uh, hopefully hopefully, you all get out to Western State someday to watch it as well. It's a, it's a magical experience. can't wait to be with the community.
0: Yes, shout out Dylan Bowman, Corinne Malcolm, Billy Yang, the crew. Awesome. Sweet. Thanks, Tyler.
1: Yeah. Thank you very much, Ben. Have a good day.
0: Hey, folks. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. And before you leave, if you are a new listener, I have a favor to ask. Could you leave a rating and review of this show in your podcast player? If you could, it would mean a lot to me because it helps more passionate trail runners like yourself discover this show. Regardless. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back soon with many more interviews around Western states. Until then, I'm your host, Finn Melanson, and you have been listening to the Single Track Podcast.